0: Seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore Here it comes, that glimmer of hope A light shines through the dark It's a hopeless show With every and Rogan Woe It's a hopeless show Hey, what's up Rohit? We're here with another episode of the Hopeless Show. Man, is it good to be here on Friday the 13th even though it's not Friday and it's not the 13th but it is well it is Friday, but it's not the thir- yeah, it doesn't matter whatever we're not about dates. we're about episodes and we're episode 44 of this show. How's that for a good intro?
1: I love it. I love it you we absolutely you got the day right, not the date but um yeah this, it's the Ahmad Bradshaw episode. Um, oh, there we go. Yeah, he was number forty-four. I know we promised we'd stop doing that. Um, well, there's
0: also a big forty-four. Like, we can't can't go unnoticed that the first uh, black president of the United States was pres- was number forty-four. That's a pretty big deal.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Um. That that is an important one. There might not be any other important forty-fours besides Ahmad Bradshaw and Barack Obama, but. You know, maybe we'll come up with them throughout the episode, which in this episode, we're going to be covering everything from uh, genocide to cryptocurrency, um, some sports updates, talk about a concert, um, a little bit of uh, Hopeless TV with South Park and Sound of Metal, and uh, we'll get to Hope in 60 seconds, a little bit of BTS fun,
0: and some fan mail. So, so it's news. So... You know, as we're e- easing out of the quarantine, we're still calling it news from the quarantine, even though it's news from the not-so-quarantine quarantine anymore. But what what was going on this week with you? I think you noticed something big that happened in uh, the world, in the country.
1: Yeah, yeah. We, the world um, was finally uh, given the results of the Derek Chauvin trial. Um, the officer from Minneapolis who was uh, tried for murder, um, in the death of george floyd Um, they found him guilty on three charges of uh manslaughter and i think the entire nation breathed a sigh of relief um, or much of the nation did Um, and it seems what was really the spark for all the protests last year and uh you know the you know just a major you know a major sort of moment for black lives matter and just Black lies in general, and people being aware, and aware of everything having to do with everything from implicit racism to systemic racism. Um, I think it all came to a head, and it was this was a major trial that its outcome really was a, almost a way of measure, a measuring stick for how far we've come, or at least the, the direction that we want to go. And I think it was, uh, I think a lot of us breathed a sigh of relief. It's over. I think
0: uh, I think you hit it. I think the direction we want to go is the right term because we're so not there yet. Nope. But at least it didn't go the other way. I, I don't know about you. I was at the office, and uh, we were watching it with bated breath, even though it seemed all right. They only deliberated for 10 hours. It has to be guilty. But if it was anything but what it was, which was... Uh, Third degree, uh, second degree, and the basically the most charges he could have had. Um, not a lawyer, so I didn't say that very well. But if it wasn't that, like the entire country would have gone up in flames. Everyone would have, it would have been a mess, and rightly so. So I'm, I was, it was just like, oh my gosh, are we gonna have to rush home to like figure out what the hell we do? Or are we gonna just be able to go on with our day? because of justice has been served at least this time. And luckily justice was served this time and we could all, I think there was a collective sigh of relief that at least this time they got it right. And I hope it leads to more people feeling they need to be held accountable for their actions, uh, both in the force and just in general, that you can't uh, commit racist crimes and get away with it. Yeah,
1: I mean, right now though, I, I don't think everything is fully put to bed because no, there's still a small chance there's still a small chance that it is considered a mistrial. Um, I mean that would be that would be then getting elevated to another court and they just be dealing on the merits of the trial because unfortunately, um, Maxine Waters, um, you oh, know, was yeah. inciting violence on Twitter asking for. They're expecting a guilty verdict and if not, um, she says, we've got to stay on the street and we've got to get more active. we got to get more confrontational. We got to make sure they know we mean business. She says, I don't think anything about curfew. Curfew means I want you to all stop talking. I want you to stop meeting. I want you to stop gathering. I don't agree with that when it acts about the curfew putting place. So it's, it's really um, concerning. Hopefully comments like that do not undo what is a really, really important case. So that still has me a bit scared. Um, but let's just see how that develops. And hopefully that incitement to violence is not going to impact the outcome of the case thus far.
0: Yeah. And, and I just thought of something that's totally different or totally off topic, but kind of, is you said, so imagine if someone is their last name, a, a female last name is trial and she's single, <laughs> then would you call her miss trial?
1: Well if she was a doctor you'd call her doctor trial but if she was a young single woman yes yeah, so it would be mistrial. Um, and all right uh, so
0: on with uh, that on with this yeah. topic <laughs>
1: <laughs> but so yeah uh, this is I don't think this is the end of the Chauvin uh, saga. Um, I hope it is but I'm thinking that they' because of those comments because of a public official threatening violence and demanding a, a verdict, A justified fair verdict. Absolutely. But stuff like that can... And there's already one of the jurors that said, or one of the alternate jurors said, yeah, that that they were scared what might happen, but they still made the right decision. It's things like that, little technicalities, that can upend what is a rightful verdict, which is really scary for me. So I'm hoping that we get through that. Um, But yeah, that's just something for us to be keeping an eye
0: on. Keeping an eye on, and uh, speaking of... Keeping an eye. There's something I forgot to mention that I should mention because uh, it's shameless plug time. Is Our movie Tar, for everyone who saw it, saw in the theater and such, I thank you. It was great that you did that. And I've totally forgot to mention that our movie, it's for a while now, it's on Amazon Prime. So if you're looking for something to do and, uh, you know, you're chilling, want to have some good throwback, cheesy, have a good time, fun, some scares, some laughs, uh, check out Tar on Amazon Prime because it's on Amazon Prime. So if you subscribe to it, you can watch it for F-R-E-E, free. That's the shameless plug. It wasn't that shameless. It's saying, hey, if you have something, you can watch something for free. Uh, I feel like I'm not that shameless right now. And I guess that's our news from the quarantine because... Some stuff, as you're going to see, isn't less quarantining, and even one of our topics is going to be about quarantining. Just one show update: the next couple weeks, we're going to be having cool guests. Next week, we'll we'll leave it to you uh, to guess, but we're going to be having a Grammy award-winning guest on our show. That's right, a Grammy award-winning guest on our show. I'll leave it. I'll leave the rest of the drumroll to uh, to you, for you to guess. But with that, let's go to topic one.
1: All right, the first topic uh, for this week is a major important uh, decision or sort of um, declaration by uh, the UK government. They have formally confirmed that there is a genocide taking place in Northwest China where the Chinese Communist Party uh, is has taken uh, millions of... Uyghur Muslims and been placing them into concentration camps, um, which China has said to stop interfering, that this is just a way they're dealing with terrorists and their educational camps. Um, yes, they are concentration camps. Um, they've been reported to be used for organ harvesting, torture. they've been sterilizing these people, they've been getting them to move away from their religion. Um, so this is, uh, they've been, you know, even fitting them with birth control, again, like this is, their, they are sterilizing them and torturing these people with electric metal prods, electric shocks, whips, um, and, Finally, you know, it is the UK that has joined with Holland, Canada, and the United States as the, literally, I think the only countries on the planet that are standing up to the CCP um, with this genocide. And while there's a lot of bad stuff going on in the world, it is so crucial that we do not just let literally active concentration camps go by. However, what I am hopeless about is um, is the fact that China has a lot of allies. A lot of people don't want to mess with China. You know, it is a global mega power. And um, they are, China has, you know, said they are strongly opposed to UK's blatant interference in China's internal affairs. Um, and that they, so China is seething right now. Um, and they've asked that the UK immediately right its wrong moves. Um, and so yeah, dude, it, this is looking like the beginning of now that these nations are taking a stand against, like the Holocaust happened and sh- things like that should never be happening again. And they are happening again right before our eyes. I know we call like, you know, Americans for that are all right. we call them Nazis and whatever, but like there's actual concentration camps happening. So what my fear is, is this the start? of the are we hearing like the footsteps towards the stampede of the next world war? I don't know, but I'm feeling really concerned that the world is being split. Let's talk and let's find some hope out of this.
0: Well, the the first piece, it's a simple one, is all of 4 months ago, 5 months ago, the US wouldn't have been involved in this at all. Uh we would have been not involved because we weren't involved with uh we we didn't have really allies except for these dictatorships for a while don't even need to get into the why in that anymore i think we've covered that enough but the fact that now we are taking a stand and we are leading and we are part of the coalition to stop this is uh gives it that much better a chance that it won't go down the further The path that you're talking about. Because imagine if we weren't involved. If we weren't involved, if it was like the UK and Holland and Canada, like they'd have, you know, it'd be like, hey, we have, you know, they have Maple Leafs and some good pubs. Hey, that's our combat against this. It's like the US, we're the strength now. We're the, we can be the strength to lead. And I feel good about that.
1: I mean, here's the Canada and the
0: UK, but.
1: I mean, and we both dislike the dude, but it was Donald Trump that actually was the one that declared for the U.S. that that, that China is having concentration camps. And just two year ago, two years ago in 2019, Daryl Morey, um, the Rockets' general manager, he got killed for for just even just bringing this to the forefront. He got killed for saying, why are we so involved in supporting the CCP when, you know, and just like having so much business to do with them when they are having active concentration camps and Daryl Morey had to issue apologies Hmm. And, and right now, we are still doing so much business with China and there's nothing wrong with Chinese people. Chinese people are good people but their government is a dictatorship and their government is someone that our government and our businesses still have huge intricacies even though we may like make statements at a governmental level declaring our distaste for them having concentration camps, we are still supporting them and we are still, so I don't know. I don't know if I can feel like just statements alone will do anything.
0: They won't. But I think that as this becomes more of a news story at the forefront of the lexicon of what we're dealing with as the pandemic shifts to not being our number one problem which it has been, so you, can't, you can only do so much when we're dealing with a nationwide pandemic. Now that the US is the leader in getting the pandemic under control, we can start, and I know government and President Biden and such have started to put our footprint back in worldwide politics. Uh, both by doing some things like removing troops from Afghanistan, for example, things like that, to making sure that we are part of everything from the Paris Climate Accord, to I guarantee you being involved with this because he has a 20-something-year relationship with uh, really dealing, um, like dealing directly with China. He knows uh, the uh, the prime, uh, is it Prime Minister Xi? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh- the Winnie the Pooh, you mean?
0: Winnie the Pooh, yeah, uh, yeah it's Winnie the P- Piglet. So yeah. they, I just, I feel more confident in us being able to manage this and take control as the pandemic uh, ends because what it is is disgusting. What you're talking about, it's it should not happen. I just feel confident again in us being a leader in the world and in taking control and we don't know exactly how we don't know exactly how it will all trans how it will all work itself out it's not our responsibility to figure it out i mean maybe it is maybe you and i have to figure it out but for right now let's put it on the back burner of our priorities i do have to take my car in later today so let me deal with that first but that's my hope is that i feel like we're becoming a leader again instead of shunned upon and being a leader as a U the U S being a leader is so important in the, um, overall, I get, what would you call it? The, uh, the, the fragility of our world gets less fragile as we are leading by example and leading with leadership.
1: Okay. I'll buy that. And I also think another thing you said that would actually did give me hope is like once we can stop focusing on Corona as much we can divert more of the national attention. We know, obviously, there's, there's, we have people in every level of government that are focused on different tasks. Not everyone's focused on Corona all the time. People are focused on foreign affairs. I just do hope that from two years ago, when I hope our natural national conversation does change, when Steve Kerr was calling out Daryl Morey and all these, you know, all like these NBA athletes and people were saying, "Oh, stop talking about what you don't know about" and like denying the genocide. I'm hoping now that. We stop denying it. We start paying attention as a people and to, you know, the CCP's imperialistic push not only on, you know, like obviously not just concentration camps and just changing the culture of people that live there, over a million people in camps, but also with their encroachment and takeovers of Hong Kong and Taiwan. And so this is going to be, I think, a recurring theme. And I really do hope that we can help the people of Hong Kong, help the people of China and help the people... I'm sorry, of, ta- of Taiwan, and just help the people of Xinjiang, you know, how I don't know how to say that, wherever, you know, <laughs> North China where the Uyghur uh, Muslims <clears throat> are being interminated. Um, so, yeah, you're right. We'll have more, we have we have a, a better sort of... Um, I guess vibe happening in global affairs right now, um, and as soon as yes. Corona starts to settle, we'll be able to focus more national attention on something else. Because so let's hope Gong is, it. Yes, let's hope Gong it because at least this is the first step to eradicate concentration think, camps.
0: I think we're also gonna do one other thing. We're gonna boo concentration camps. Yeah,
1: boo, especially the ones that are still active at the border. So,
0: I'll oh, that continue. yeah, yeah. Um, so speaking of nothing to do with our last topic, we have a new, uh, thing that we're going to be doing a new segment that could last one episode or it could last many episodes, <laughs> uh, called crypto watch crypto. Yes. Crypto this watch. is a
1: segment where Aaron and I talk to you about, uh, what we're kind of investing in and what our reactions are to the cryptocurrency marketplace and as a disclaimer this is not advice and even if it was you should not be taking advice from the two of us we (laughs) as we've mentioned many times before speak a lot about topics that we are highly uneducated about Uh, so (laughs) and that doesn't change with crypto watch does it Aaron
0: no no there's one so I'll will start just a little thing. So there's a there was a, I got a text from Rohit. We uh, I I know you might think that all we do is this show, but we actually do text and hang out. And uh, and so I got a text from him. He said something about Safe Moon, and I didn't know if it was a movie, if it was a show, like that I to, was supposed to watch. If maybe it's the last name of a new ball player, and it was actually a coin. It's a new crypto coin. He's like, dude this you got to get this so immediately i stopped everything and f- wanted to figure out how to get that for no other reason than that rohit said it in a text <laughs> that's it and i was like i need this now like if he's going to become a multi-millionaire i want to be a multi-millionaire too because then we can do shit together so or I, I mean I, I don't want yeah buy matching hats you know i don't know maybe get a couch that we both sit on no, no like I, I said matching yachts Oh, yachts. I thought you said hats and I was excited, but yachts is better. So, or yachts with matching hats, like those yacht hats, like those ones that boaters wear that are like extra fancy with the yacht shorts and the yacht shirt. Yeah. I want that. So he told me to get this. uh, And then he said, it took me like, I think you said like 12 or 14 hours to figure out how to do it. (laughs) And then I thought, awesome. Awesome. I'm not going to spend that amount of time. I'm going to go to his house and he's going to show me how to do it in like 10 minutes. And yeah, after and try, I, I, I tried yeah. and I couldn't figure it out. But,
1: but you eventually did. I just want to, I just want to quickly read in rapid fire succession, the nine simple steps it takes to buy safe moon. Um, <laughs> and cause I texted them to you and here it is, um, First, you buy BNB on Crypto.com. Then you download Trust Wallet and start an account. Then you transfer, um, you know, five hundred dollars worth of BNB with a fifty dollars fee from Crypto.com to Trust Wallet. Then you convert BNB to Smart Chain and Trust Wallet. Then you enable <coughs> iOS to allow Trust Wallet to use its built-in browser, which you then use to navigate to the Pancake Exchange. Then you connect Pancake Exchange to your Trust Wallet. Then you trade your Smart Chain for Safe Moon, and then you make sure your Safe Moon is properly con- connected and linked into your Trust Wallet. So, like. There's a lot of steps to just to like buy a damn coin, and um, the only
0: thing I picked up from all the stuff you said is pancakes, and I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna go get some pancakes at IHOP. That was it. So it was all yeah. it was all confusing. It was all so, confused, like so confusing. <laughs>
1: it was. I mean, it's still confusing me. And so, Aaron, how did it do when that day when we both bought Safemoon? How how so, was our first day?
0: Our first day when we first got it was awesome because in like the first hour we both made some money, yeah, And like then, of dollars. <laughs> yeah, it was I mean enough to buy like a brick on a yacht, yeah. and the yachts aren't even made of bricks. So then, in the but I couldn't I had to finish one piece of that nine step process and I couldn't get it done. So in the middle of the night I tried to get it done and I screwed up. So at three a.m. don't try one of those nine steps. And then in the morning, finished it. And then, so Rohit, what happened on day two?
1: So day one, each of us like shot up 50% in value, like right after we bought it. We were like, this is amazing. And um, day two, and now we're in day three. We have lost, I think, a significant chunk of our investment. Um, (laughs) I'm down about 40%. Um, I think we both are since we bought around at the same time, same price yeah. approximately. So yeah, we are, we are, we, um, I think the lesson here is two things. One, hold, because um, mm-hmm. we're not just going to like flip and sell. Um, and the second lesson is maybe we just don't buy every meme shit coin that's out there. <laughs> or maybe we do.
0: Yeah, so th- what we're going to do with Crypto Watch is we're going to keep you updated on if we get a yacht or not and how we're doing toward getting that yacht or toward getting a hat. Or if, uh, we're by doing this, we're going to be asking you guys to donate to the Aaron and Rohit fund because yeah. we've lost everything on these stupid coins. So what's the moral of the story? Is I don't know. Don't it do earlier. What we, yeah. yeah. Don't do what when we did it. And, yeah. uh, If something's called safe moon maybe don't trust it because it's a really silly name (laughs) i don't know yeah
1: yeah it's it says it's the safest way to the moon that's like the whole point of their name yeah that didn't work and also just as a dogecoin update i think when we last talked on our last show it was up it was up to 12 cents since then it went up to 47 cents which means aaron and i were like each up like a bajillion percent like a whole yeah And now Dogecoin is back down to about 25 cents right now. So it's still still double. It's double of where we were a week ago, but it is almost about half of where it was a few days ago. So it's really volatile. Um, And again, if anybody invested at the peak, like after listening to our show, that was not advice. We told you it was not yeah. advice. And this goes out to our listener, Stefan. I'm so sorry. And Stefan also has one of our user submissions that we're going to read later. Um, but yes, great apologies. Our bad. But and hold.
0: Be, hold. Yes. Wait. Because yes. you never know. You never know when something good could happen with this stuff. And uh, even a
1: couple of years ago, Bitcoin was at 12,000. It went down to 4,000. And now it's like close to 60,000. So, like, it's, it's, and Bitcoin itself was pennies at, you know, at one point. So, this is, we're in for the long haul, but we're going to keep you posted on our progress along the way.
0: Yes. That's, uh, so that's Crypto Watch. Yes. Dun, dun. I wish we had like a cool meet, like Crypto Watch. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah,
1: we're going That's to commission a uh, musician Dan Fogarty who's made our intro song and done a lot of our cool little uh, sort of uh, lead ins. Um, we're going to try uh, Dan. If you're listening out there, um, you got some work coming your way. for
0: Crypto Yes. Watch. No relation to John Fogarty. But it would be cool if they combined to make like a, a riff for us. John Fogarty and Dan Fogarty. That'd be good. Oh, yeah. Just ideas. So. Just throwing them out there. Collaboration possibilities. So speaking of collaboration, sports. Sports. What do you have, so, Aaron? Um, I want to ask you a question. Do I have a problem? Ask away. Well, that was a rhetorical, like, do I have a problem? And then you're just supposed to say, no, Aaron, everything's just great. Just a you singular don't have a problem. problem? Yeah, there we go. Um, many problems. So I have realized, I just, so the Dodgers, right? They won the World Series. Everyone, anyone forgets. And I just can't stop watching every game and every minute. Now I like to watch a lot of games anyway, but I really am worried that I have a problem because it's almost an addiction. I can't, like last night. I watched the moment the game started to the moment it ended. Like that was just my night, and I, I can't. And I kind of almost want to base like nights around the games. And so it's simple. I just want. Do I have a problem because I just can't quit them I can't quit them
1: well you know what this reminds me of it reminds me of poke high class of 1966 and while I find you fat and repulsive I like to tell you my glory days uh, how I scored four touchdowns in one football game and won the very last city championship trophy that poke high had (laughs) Al Bundy and if anybody remembers married with children (laughs) That's literally Al Bundy, you know. He was a a women's shoe salesman, you know, living in a Chicago suburb, and just he had a miserable. He was himself was miserable with life, um, but he just kept looking back at the time he scored four touchdowns in high school, and this time he's a grown ass man, has two grown ass kids. Now I'm not saying you are Al Bundy here, Aaron, because the we- the World Series only really was won like six months ago, so you are okay. And enjoy this relationship because you are still world champions with your Los Angeles Dodgers. However, 40 years from now, if you're (laughs) still watching this video and reliving that, then I'd say you have a significant problem. So milk it for now. But I would find other things to reminisce about um, before it gets out of control. But until then, until there's another World Series champ, you have every right to watch this every day and just like relish in it and make sure other people are reminded that you are the reigning world series champions.
0: That's the thing. It's just every game watching it and just feeling that like pulsating through my blood. It just feels good. It's just like really good. Yeah. I mean, you're the biggest
1: Dodgers fan I've ever met. I would hope that you're, you're, you know, you are feeling it. Just don't be Al Bundy. If a couple decades from now,
0: and we haven't won again since and I'm just still relishing in it. Yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah. Actually, I'm, i had no guarantees. Zero guarantees. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So I guess I might have a problem <laughs> is the is the No, you don't.
1: I think I think the hope is you do not have a problem until it's years from now. Right now you are basking in the glory that you were promised and that you deserve. You are basking okay. and it is your time
0: to bask. Like I my turtle, basking. Pete the turtle. She loves basking (laughs) under her her heat lamp. Basking is a great word. Yes. yes. uh, All right. Well, it's time for debates. And this debate is, I think, going to be a hot one.
1: And I hope it is because we've been on the same side in the past few debates. And so it's really getting tired. So I might even just pick a side that's opposite you just to do it. But anyway, what's our
0: topic today? So the topic is now that the people are getting vaccinated, now that the pandemic in our country is getting under control. I am noticing there's sort of two types of people. There's a a majority of people are, I'm not going to say exactly where I stand yet. I'm just posing the topic. A majority of people are really pumped. They're pumped to do things, to see people, to go out, to not wear masks anymore, to because you're vaxxed. Like, your friends are vaxxed, you can do things, you can enjoy life again. The risks have been proven now to be n- very minimal uh, for uh, people as long as you've, you've gotten vaxxed you, and so on. And, but then there's two types of people. There's the people I've seen who are still, it's like they're riding the pandemic wave past it. They're still stuck in that paranoia Or in that nervousness or in that energy. And then there's the people who are ready to just move on and live life and go on with life. So, where do you stand in that? In that, I guess, those two sort of situations. Oh, and then like concerts, for example, going to concerts. There's people who can't wait to go to concerts or ball games and stuff. And then there's people who there's no way they'd do any of that.
1: Okay. Okay. So it, it's effectively the people that are kind of on one side is the people that are want to stay cautious and just really safe and the other people that want to sort of go out and reclaim the life that they had. Right. And I'm not assigning value to either right now. No, but is that no is value. that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Exactly. I, I am hard in the camp on wanting just to get the fuck out and do shit. I mean, are you on the same side? Are we gonna have another same-sided debate?
0: I just want you to keep going, just keep going. Oh,
1: sure, okay. Here, all right. I stand firmly on the side waiting to get the hell out. And I'm just gonna list reasons. Rapid fire, one, I hate wearing masks. I do wear masks, but I hate it because your breath gets gross and I get congested and it's just super uncomfortable. And I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I, hate it. I just want to move forward in an era without masks. You know what? Two, I'm vaccinated. And if I'm around other people vaccinated, I don't care about masks, right? If we all agree to not wear masks, it's great. Three, I know that when we're going back to the office, obviously it's going to be hypersensitive and masks are going to be enforced until like a long time. I don't know, which makes me not want to go to the office, but I'm just excited to get back in there. I just want to be out doing shit, going to dinner, going to the movies, going to concerts, having fun. Fuck the mask. I'm ready for it. And if you want to stay inside, cool. Shorter lines, less space being taken up by other people. And I'm happy. That's where I stand.
0: All right. So we are in the same camp with this. Uh, I totally agree. What I guess frustrates me is I don't get why you wouldn't be in this camp. What COVID has taught me, and I've had talks with my family about this and stuff as well, is we never know when it's all going to be taken away from us. So live life As fully as you can, because you never know when you, which has happened to me, when you you could get hit by a drunk driver and almost lose your life. That happened to me. Uh, You don't know when those near-death experiences could happen or bad things could happen. My uncle just died. Like, bad things can happen. So to keep going with that pandemic mentality, I just don't get. I respect everyone can have their opinion, but I just don't get it and so when people talk to me about it I want to understand everyone I've also learned in the pandemic understand and respect everyone's opinion no matter you know they could be different than yours but respect it that part though I just don't get
1: I'll, I'll tell you I think there's three types of people that do not that are on the opposite side of us and maybe let's just try and understand that a little I think the yeah. I think the first group are as you mentioned like people that have suffered loss from COVID and they are just scarred then on the other end of that spectrum or near that side, there's people that are hypochondriacs, right? That are like like super, super scared, right? And that's okay to be scared, but they are just like at the point like, like militantly cautious and that's fine. And the third people are the people that packed up their shit and like moved in the middle yeah. of the pandemic to like Palm Springs or Denver and no hate on that. But it's like, yo, guys this wasn't a forever thing. You know, we're going to have to go back to the office (laughs) eventually. What are you doing? And so now they're like, no, 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 we got to be remote. We got to be remote. Listen, it's better for everybody. It's like, no, you just bought a house and somewhere you don't want to have to go back or feel pressure to go back. If nobody (laughs) go back, then you don't have to go back. So I think those are the three categories of people. Uh, Maybe Mm -hmm. there's others. um, And those are their reasons. And, Again, not assigning judgment value, but it's like I think that I can see why certain people, maybe even people just gotten comfortable. Like Maybe the fourth is people that are introverts, people that have really blossomed professionally, creatively. Being able to work in their own space, in their own conditions, has helped a lot of people. Um, and I think it's only probably reinforced all of our own introverted tendencies wherever we may have, even though people like Aaron, you and me are... I'd say moderately extroverted. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, even me, I found like, you know, like I'm sure I also still get phone anxiety, but now I'm like almost getting, I might get in-person anxiety from people that I haven't seen in a while, you know, because I hate <laughs> making phone calls. Um, now it's like, oh man, it's gonna be weird seeing people in person. So I do think even for people like us that are like like absorbing some of that, I can imagine for people that are naturally much more uh, sort of introverted, it might be even harder for them. So maybe that's another group.
0: So there are, so I guess you're saying there are all these different groups, everyone, their life, their choice, yeah. uh, with what they can do with it. I still, I guess, don't get it, but I don't get why you wouldn't, this hadn't, wouldn't show you to really live and, to enjoy all the fruits that life has to offer as much as humanly possible, but also your life, your choice. So do what you feel yeah. comfortable with. And yeah. so and you did give a lot of groups that I feel are all types of people. I know all those groups. Uh so yeah, I guess this debate, it's like I guess you've you've shown me how many groups there are of types of people that I don't agree with. But yeah, I but, you know ex- but I respect but I respect that they wanna do what they wanna do.
1: But you know what's really interesting? And I think that this is not like a unique thing that's coming from my company or how you know your your studio is doing this things. But like, I I think what's interesting is that because of those four groups that we just talked about, obviously that's not a finite categorization of people, but I think because of that, there is going to be a permanent change in the dynamic of the workplace in the sense of flexibility. And people have seen there is so much value of being able to work from home and of being able to be remote that who knows, maybe there's like in the future, it's like you got vacation time, and then you got work from home remote time, right? And that, oh, yeah, I'm taking a work from home remote day. And then it's like, yeah, I just want to sit around the house. T- I'm waiting for a delivery. Cool. I'll take my calls from there. It's People are going to feel less pressure to take the day off or like, oh, my God, I have to do that. And it's like almost now almost now, it's like a really flexible workspace. And I think that can be good. It can help bring the best out of people. But I, one thing I, I will say, and we heard this from my work too, is that um, when they have seen, done like tests with like people, like for example, our China team um, in Beijing is back in the office. Like they've been back in person for a while now. And when our executive team, you know, like they've dialed in with them, with with the Beijing team, they felt like, hey, everybody's really productive. It's great. But the people that were all dialed in with the little boxes on the screen felt really like, like not connected right? as to the yes. work, as the people that were all there in person, just sitting on the side, like like there is a difference between doing stuff in person. Both you and Humans I Humans are meant to be in person. Where, Humans yeah, are meant to of, have
0: human yeah. interactive interaction. Yep. And that's what I, I will, I, I got to give a shout out because human interaction is so important, I think. And what I'll give one shout out and then we move on to topic two, which I think will surprise people. Uh, my sister, my sister and my brother-in-law have a newborn. I think the baby is now about five months old, Ariella. And uh, she, I know you've seen pictures and she is, uh, uh, I, I really am impressed what they've done because they have really been living. They've been doing like this past weekend, they were at a winery with the baby with friends and people. They've been all vaccinated, not the baby, but the them and the, for the babies and stuff. It's, there's not really a worry with this, with the, with the COVID. So it's just like, uh, and I just, I really res- love how they've uh, been pushing to really live and they have a baby that they're raising. So just a shout out to my sister, because uh, she's, uh, seems been doing it, doing it right and having a good time while also raising a newborn through the pandemic and now uh, onto living life and trying to get out in the end of the pandemic. Just a shout out. I'm impressed with how they've done it. And, uh, now, uh, we go- so hopefully that debate got some, some people thinking, uh, i got me thinking and also just accept everyone for who they are as well, even if you don't agree with them. So second topic is, uh, Bobby Brown. I believe there's a porn star named Bobby Brown. It's not her. It's the singer Bobby Brown. So I bring Bobby Brown up. Can you guess why? No.
1: Well, really. he did suffer some major tragedy through his life. I think he—they just lost. He lost a child recently too.
0: Yeah, he lost another. He's lost two children. So here's the thing with Bobby Brown that makes me feel hopeless. Uh he, his career. Well, let me start. He last night I was watching because signs. I just do because I. It's Guilty Pleasure. I was watching, I fast forward, but I was watching the end of The Masked Singer, that TV show. That's pretty stupid, but highly entertaining. Uh, I was watching the very end of it just to see who two of these people in these costumes were. And the first person in the costume, it was the eighth person, like there were eight people left. So this was the eighth person, no, the eighth to last, he finished eighth. There we go. (laughs) <laughs> he finished in 8th place and they unmask him and it's Bobby Brown first I didn't recognize him at first because he looked atrocious so then I thought well hey, wait how old is Bobby Brown I figured he's probably in his I don't know mid 60s something like that he's 52 he looked really not 52 way older so then I thought wait so he's on the Mass Singer he came in 8th on the Mass Singer and he was a I believe Grammy-winning, grammy winning number one selling pop star, both with his group New Edition as like a kid act, boy band act, and then on his own with big hits, some before we were really around, but like big hits. My prerogative, huge song. Uh, if you don't know Bobby Brown's music, you'd know it if you heard it. So I was just thinking, wow, he came in eighth. He looks terrible. So then I went on the deep dive on Wikipedia and like learned all about his life, which has just been, I mean, he's been arrested for drugs so many times, like 20. And crack cocaine, big thing. He loved to mix uh, weed cigarettes with rocks of, co- of cocaine and smoke them with his ex-wife, Whitney Houston, and then on his own. Also, I, rem- I then remembered a story of when – of a ex-girlfriend and myself. We were coming out of a Mexican restaurant. We were at a Mexican restaurant on Sunset. And Bobby Brown in front of me just blatantly hit on her and tried to take her away from me. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, at looking back, I wish he would have taken her away from me for good. But at the time, it was like, whoa, this guy has some gall. Like he just doesn't care about the dude. He just went for it. So – Just thinking about this guy and then this is where I felt hopeless because then I'm reading all about him, reading about all the bad stuff he's done, reading about like this guy has not been – was not nice to his bandmates, drugs. uh, I mean he's – two of his kids died of of, uh, overdoses, um, one recently, and I sat there and I just was feeling so bad for him and like just all of a sudden I cared about Bobby Brown a lot. I almost wanted to help him. And I didn't get why. Cause he's it's not like he's he's I don't I don't know. Maybe it was that he was in a crab suit and then his mask came off and he was sitting there in a half crab suit and he came in eighth and he used to be a Grammy not Grammy winning, like huge megastar. And I just got confused, man. I don't know, like I was Bobby Brown made me confused about humanity. Like at what point does someone like like why did I care so much? <laughs> about this guy and and why did I get so fascinated by him hmm. I don't know I just felt like why did and why did I waste like an hour of time just reading about him
1: <laughs> well I mean you're not the only person to ever have been bit by the celebrity bug but well, yeah actually I'm kind of confused because you've met a lot of different personalities in your career and that seems like I know like a, not one to be overly like
0: obsessive about uh I don't know why. That's that's why I need hope because I don't know why I got obsessed with Bobby Brown. I mean, may, was it that he looked so old? Was that he was in a crab suit? Was it that? I don't you know, know, maybe maybe
1: I think you're you believe you can fix him, and <laughs> you I know you hurt. have a big heart. You're ready for a challenge, <laughs> and you know you just see him there in a crab suit. And just like, you know, you you see the pain and you think a guy like you can turn a guy like him right around and put him on the right path. How's that sound?
0: I think you nailed it. I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah. I think you nailed it. I want yes, to fix Bobby Brown. I actually want to fix Bobby Brown. I want to help the man. And I even read like he brags about sleeping with thousands of women. He, I mean, like there's nothing I read about him that's like good. <laughs> It's not, yeah. he hasn't oh. really done anything good ever like no, this. Yeah.
1: Like, I mean, it's, this is this, I mean, Aaron, I think maybe this is your calling and I think it's, <laughs> it's also a perfect time for a producer, Nate, just to, ins- to insert a clip of a uh, cold fix you um, <laughs> <laughs> to close out this segment. If you feel hope, I hope you do.
0: You know what? I don't, I don't, I'm not going to hope gong it, but yeah. I'm going to give it a different sound because it's almost like here. So that was a baby crying because I, it's like helping a baby. I want to help Bobby Brown. You nailed it. I do. I want to be his, uh, I want to be his guide and his shining light in the world.
1: Oh, you'll be his confidant. That's great. Yeah,
0: Um, all right. Well, speaking of Bobby Brown, it's time for Hopeless TV.
1: Yes. So um, Aaron and I, we are both vaccinated. We Mm -hmm. are both very careful. But as Aaron mentioned, we were able to hang out the other day and we uh, were able to watch the South Park uh, vaccination special um, episode. (laughs) Aaron, want
0: to talk about it? So to say it went there is an understatement. It went there like it offended everything. And I love examples. It. Yeah. Uh, here you start, give one example. Cause I don't know how many, I even feel comfortable bringing up, even though it's yeah, what happened. honestly
1: though, it was on 420, and I'm having trouble remembering some of the examples.
0: I just remember laughing <laughs> a lot. Um, Uh, Well, there was a big thing about, well, one funny thing that was really funny was that Walmart, no, Walgreens was like the club to go to because they had the vaccines (laughs) and they said, we're like, have you been to Walgreens yet? Like if you can get into Walgreens, like that's the thing. And they had like bumping music and stuff. This wasn't like the, the hot, this is, wasn't the stuff that, this was the nice stuff. There was some old people stuff that was really offensive. Um, they offended everything. They offended just every possible thing possible. Yes.
1: Yes. And they, they had the whole QAnon thing and they had the family with the whites that were following, you know, like just trying to figure out what, uh, Mr. Garrison, formerly president Garrison kind of like, you know, embodying Donald Trump, um, kind of what his message his QAnon messages were. You had all the, you had like a, you know, kid with a Karen haircut that we're all following QAnon. Um,
0: and oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then there was the, <laughs> there were the, there was the whole group of people who want to get their shot, and it was like a singer, a dancer, someone on a pogo stick, and they all want to get their shot, their vaccination, but they really also want to get. But their, they were like,
1: they were ineligible because they weren't essential,
0: so they weren't getting their shot. Like performer you know to be a performer something like that so there was but i guess the hopeless the biggest hopeless thing is i highly recommend everyone watch it i think it's really funny and i please don't get mad at either of us but i'm the one doing it if then you're offended because we're in such cancel culture where you that where people are offended i just think this was fantastic tv it's like 45 minutes
1: I mean, think one thing to be hopeful hopeful about is it seems like Parker and Stone they haven't toned down too much. They have toned down a little bit. Um, not with this they, one. Not with this one as much. No, but I think that they were really good about. Um, they've been good about and stay good about um, using satire to tell really harsh truths. And mm. uh, and I think it's funny. I almost feel like the Onion and South Park are way better news sources. Than the rest of our news sources. Um, because I feel like, you know, journalism, most of the most journalists I feel today are like Rita Skeeter. Um, <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's, I think that there's a lot of stuff that isn't said or that is exaggerated one way or another, depending on even, it's like from both sides of the aisle that are just like news is very unreliable these days. Um, yeah. And I think it's South Park and The Onion are more reliable. And I also uh, if think you can, if it, you can see through the satire.
0: Well, and also I just think if in general people should get their news from us. So instead yes. of, uh, watching the news or listening to the news or reading the news, just listen to this show and you'll get everything you need to know about the world in one week. I promise. Love it.
1: So thank you South park for installing, yeah, for kind of leading us to that, that topic. But there's another hopeless bit of bit of hopeless TV that, that, uh, you want to talk about.
0: Yeah. There's one more thing and then we can go into, uh, to our hopeless hope in 60 seconds, uh, Incredible uh, topic, uh, thing we do, as you know. I didn't describe that well. But the other hopeless TV is the movie Sound of Metal. Now, here's why I feel hopeless. The movie Sound of Metal was fantastic. I thought it was a great movie. Here's why I feel hopeless. The rest of the Oscar stuff is, uh, how do I say it? Bill Maher did a great job with this, but it's all social commentary movies. Like there's, we've, it's, this is the only movie I've seen where I just like, it's a movie. It took me somewhere. It made me learn about slang. I felt both entertained. I felt moved. I felt lots of, it's like when Biden does his number one, number two, number three thing. I felt both entertained, moved. I laughed. I cried. I, both of those things. And, I just miss there being more movies like that and it not being the self-important, self-righteous Oscars and movies that do everything. And as Bill Maher said, you don't get to feel better about your actions that you're doing to help the world by watching a movie about an issue that matters. You have to go out and actually do something in the world. And... I think too many people think because they watched a movie about something righteous or a virtue, they think now they're making a difference in the world, which is a bunch of bullshit. Yeah.
1: I mean, I I couldn't agree more, Aaron. It's like, there is so much virtue signaling everywhere. And I think Hollywood is especially guilty about it. And it seems like the movies that are nominated are just like, Oh, Hey, what's it saying versus, was it a good movie? I mean, this is the same community and no offense. I know that you are in Hollywood, but there was a lot of, like, for, remember, just years ago, just a few years ago, people were given a standing ovation to Roman Polanski. You know, people like Meryl Streep and all that shit. People knew about Harvey Weinstein's shit for years, and nobody said anything or took a stand until it became profitable for them to do that. Until it became good press. And I think what that whole thing is—it's—it's it's been a race to be signaling just how virtuous you are. And how virtuous your movie is, that it stopped almost, it's stopped, the movies have stopped becoming about the movies. And while I think it's extremely important to tackle things that are meaningful, um, it seems that when we're trying to award films, we're almost giving deference to the topics rather than Mm -hmm. the films. Oh, there you nailed
0: it. Nailed it. Yeah.
1: And it shit sucks, bro. And I, sound yeah. music is my favorite music from the uh, movie from that uh, Best Picture Oscars as well. That I think I've seen a bunch of them. Um, not as much as last year, obviously, because no no movie theaters. Um, but I I agree with you. I'm hoping it, it 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 works out. I don't I don't know if it'll win Best Picture, but I think it's got a chance. I don't know if. Um, uh, Rami Malik will win best actor, but I hope Whoa. he does. Wrong, wrong actor, wrong, wrong. Was. Uh,
0: you can say what no, you just Ma- said because you're, uh, yeah, because I'm brown. You're, you're brown. Uh, what's his but name? Yeah, the wrong, wrong brown actor, <laughs> Riz Ahmed.
1: Shit. Well, I always forget, we forget his name. He's on the Riz Riz, Riz, Riz show, Riz,
0: Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed. Yes, yes.
1: Sorry, Riz. Sorry, listen, Brown brother I know sometimes we can get confused with each other. Um, but yes, uh, I don't know if Riz will win this year, but I thought his performance was like the best of his career. Um,
0: yeah. And the yeah, night before so. I thought the night before he was great.
1: That the was show. it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I haven't seen the night before yet,
0: um, huh. but maybe Well, it's so. been a while. So you can yeah. see the night after.
1: And this is where Aaron and I can give advice. We cannot give financial advice and we do not give financial advice. However, we can give filmic advice is open up your Amazon prime and watch the sound of metal. Before yeah. the Oscars. and you'll, you'll see the hype.
0: You'll see the hype. And speaking of hype, we always get hype for this segment. We only have one topic, but it's going to be done in 60 seconds. Are you ready for it? Because it's yes. on you. Yes.
1: Let uh, me start the timer. And as a reminder Aaron and I will share a minute uh, finding hope in a topic. And let me start the one minute timer. So Aaron's approximately going to go 30, and I'll use 30 to answer, right, give or take, but we'll see. And go.
0: The rich are unhappy, Rohit. The rich are unhappy. Americans are facing the Biden tax hike for the billionaires. And they're very unhappy and they're in denial. And they're feeling grief because of the tax hike and saying how oh, it's going to ruin the economy and for 20 years. All this, these excuses about it. And reading this article and reading their unhappiness just made me feel so hopeless because, gosh, I don't care. Give your money back to the government, you assholes. <laughs> help the help the country because you're fine. You're better off than everyone else. Over fifty percent of the wealth is in the one percent in our country. That's a problem. Give me hope.
1: Um well I think that the hope here is that people that are making four over four hundred thousand dollars a year um they're only getting taxed on what they make in excess over the 400 and what's going to be the initial tax, which doesn't apply to I'd say most ourselves or most listeners. Um, <laughs> but if you are out there, um, I think the, the hope you can feel is like, dude, there's, there's, there's almost, there's been an eroding middle class for so long. And it's only that, that, that class is just, it's starting to become nearly non-existent. Um, I do hope to one day be in the, high earners that have to worry about this. Um <laughs> but if I am I mean it's it's as Californians, we are already used to giving away fifty five percent of our money to the government somehow. Um and I think it's it's if the rest of the country can sort of these these high earners can, can get behind and and truly I think do your American duty and pay your damn taxes. Um I don't know. I don't know what hope there is because people are, honestly, truly there is less hope so because there are people are going to find more tax havens um, and find ways to get it, that money off the books yeah. um, because people get rich for many reasons. Intelligence is one of them um, and finding ways to get that money. And a lot of times these rich people, um, they're getting taxed on what is the income that is known, not the income yeah. that's true. And they're and, still
0: complaining and there's articles being written about how upset they are. Yeah. So,
1: I'm not I'm have, I'm not shedding a goddamn tear at all. Um, I want more social systems in place like UBI. I want things that can protect the our Americans from top to bottom. And I don't like I said, I am highly extremely anti-communist. I think that's that they're like the worst people ever. However, the idea of having social structures and then based in, you know, a market system that treats everybody a bit more fairly and that is using the fruits of our labor to be shared a little bit more and support everyone in terms of healthcare, education, and making sure that if someone from a low income bracket breaks an arm or goes into some medical emergency or financial emergency, there is some sort of thing to fall back on, while still giving people the idea the chance to pursue their own dreams. And if they if they want to be rich, they have the fucking chance to do it. Just know that. As you get rich, you bring up people with you. So there we go. I hope that maybe I mean, yeah. the hope is that maybe people of our generation or people like us can get get be rich one day and bring people up with us and change that sort of overall tone and not be the complainers. So let's I think hope so long way of saying make Aaron and I yes, let's let's hope gong that Venmo, Aaron and I, your entire salaries and we'll get yep. rich and then we'll make sure to then redistribute it.
0: Yeah, if you just uh direct DM me your uh dm me and I'll give you my venmo info and then you can deposit as much as you want,
1: yeah, yes, we'll do this together guys <laughs> yes, so speaking of together
0: <laughs> speaking of together and you know we're we're here to we're here to help you by you giving us your money uh speaking of that submissions we have uh and we have an admission and a submission so yes. and then we will wrap up the show the admission is. I just, this isn't a submission. It's just something I read. And I just thought instead of submission, say admission because it rhymes. Uh, There's a dude. Can I just read you this story? Because I just think it's funny. And I just wanted to bring it up in this segment. There's a guy named uh, Chapman, something Chapman. And so Robert Chapman. So he went on the dating site Bumble and he bragged about storming the Capitol to try to get women to want him. And they found out about this. And now he's he's arrested. <laughs> so he yeah. submitted he submitted his profiles. This is where the submission part comes in. He submitted his profile, including bragging. He said, I did storm the Capitol. I made it all the way to Statuary Hall. That's his profile. Profile like that's who this man is. And then women reported him and he got arrested. <laughs> so I, I just mean, think, look, the, the moral of this, su- submit to us. But if you're, you did a crime, don't submit it because then we'll have to report you to the law enforcement. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, or we may just, we don't get all our emails. So, you right. know, and we don't read all our tweets. So if you want to share it with us, we may not get it. Wink, wink. Um, so we do have a user submission, um, and this is from Stefan. Um, and Stefan is actually uh, the dungeon master of my D and D group. Um, but uh, he wrote in um, and saying that in the previous episode, um, it looks like my mic started to cut, and when I was talking about warm relationship, I said actually warm relation, warm relationships, and it just got cut. S-C-H-I-S-S, Worm relationships. Stefan says, German, Schiss is the actual pile of shit derived from Scheisse, the factual matter of shit. I believe <laughs> is rooted in Yiddish, just like Kake, hence Verkakte Scheisse, which probably Aaron might understand or clarify for us. Also worth mentioning in this context Verkakte. is colloquial Dunschiss, diarrhea, literally thin shit. Which can be nicely used in sentences like, du laberst gestegen dunschis. You are babbling intellectual bullshit. So <laughs> thank you, Stefan. This was, I think, his way of telling us that um, I talked about um, warm relation pile of shit um, in the previous episode. So to our German listeners out there, I do not apologize. I meant every word. Um, and to Stefan, thank you for your submission. I think this is a very enlightening way to wrap up our show.
0: Stefan, that is one of the most intelligent submissions ever. And you're right about Fakakta. Fakakta means like shitty or full of crap. That's like when someone is Fakakta, they're full of shit. So you're dead on with that. It's a Yiddish term. And uh, Fakakta is used a lot by boobies and zadies. And thank you for that. You just, that was great. That was great. Yeah. You should ho- You should host this show.
1: Yeah, it was a really good submission. I'm really happy we got that. Um, so thank you people right in, um, make fun of us, so do whatever you got to do. We will read it. Um, and I think before we end, I think Aaron, we, you've got one more hope fulfilled.
0: Yeah. It's just this last week, it's just been so nice that things in the country are getting better. Being able to do things, ate at a few restaurants. Like I just couldn't be more grateful for the little things. And so I feel f- hope fulfilled in life just to be able to be doing more stuff and to be out to be uh, like I went to a lunch with my dad and we just ate in a restaurant and uh, had sushi at lunch like we normally would do when we go meet for lunch so just those kinds of little things which I totally took for granted before uh, I am not anymore and I'm going to try not to for the rest of my life because it's just man it's exciting to have to be able to be doing that stuff again so it feels yeah, great, it's, it's, and I also feel America's a leader again. We're like at the head of the, we're we're like leading in in the doing stuff again and things being open again. So, yeah, what were you gonna say?
1: Make America do stuff again, which is great. So I think make, like me, I think
0: Mads, Mads, Madsa, Madsa, mads, mads, mads,
1: yeah, yeah, okay. But yeah, I also I was at a restaurant just this week celebrating a dear friend's birthday, and it was amazing. Just like ordering stuff. And like talking and being at, doing normal shit. Yes, I am like giddy and grateful that the world is coming back together. And hopefully it's all back together when where are and I are going to Mallorca in August for our friend's much delayed wedding due to the pandemic. Um, so, but yes, but until next week, Aaron, this was uh, another show filled with hope. And we, I'm yeah, glad.
0: we're just, we're really, we really are bringing it. I mean, the amount of hope that yeah. we're bringing to the world, I just, The more people that listen to this show, the better you'll feel about yourselves. Yeah.
1: I honestly feel like we deserve a Nobel prize. So if anybody's listening out there, if you want to nominate us, um, oh yeah, we'd be grateful.
0: Yeah. Whoever that nominating committee is, please uh, keep us in mind or just nominate us. Or honestly, we don't even need to be nominated. Just give us the damn award. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure what website takes submissions or whatever, but yeah, somebody can find that and do that. That'd be great. We'll give you a shout out
0: on the pod. Yep. Even in our speech in our Nobel (laughs) prize speech, we'll give you a shout out in the speech for nominating us. So thank you for whoever's going to do that next week. Again, we have a Grammy winning artist on our show. Can't wait for that. And then another amazing amazing award-winning, we're gonna have a CNN hero on our show soon. So there's a lot of uh, cool things coming up on the hopeless show for now. I'm the Aaron Wolf on all social media and And you are
1: hit for row hit with the number four. On all social media
0: So with that That's the end And we will see you next week For episode number 45 We're not going to give that To anyone in particular It's just going to be Episode number 45 Yes
1: Um, Michael Jordan's baseball number As well as his uh, Return (laughs) to the Bulls numbers Unretirement number But until then Don't say nope to hope On behalf of Aaron This is Rowett And we'll catch you later
0: bleak and you just can't take it anymore Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shine through the dark. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit world. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit world.